Hey everyone, it's Tyler Lindling here with the Sales Live Podcast. Excited to have Martin MacArthur today on the uh, show. Welcome, Martin. How are you doing today? I'm excellent, Tyler. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, thanks for joining. Really appreciate it. So uh, Martin is actually the outbound sales guy, as it says on his LinkedIn profile. So uh, tell us a little bit more about that, Martin. What makes you the outbound sales guy? Uh, that's a good, great question. The outbound sales guy is a brand or personal branding that I thought of back in late November, early December, after being uh, let go from my previous uh, company. It's in the process of thinking of what I wanted to do, and I was considering going out venturing on my own, maybe offering some consulting, starting my own business, and. I was thinking, you know, I need something that, that kind of helps me stand out. Also on LinkedIn helps me stand above the, the crowded sales development SDR headlines that are out there. And it's, it's, I've been doing outbound sales for quite some, some time now, a few, quite a few years. So it's just something that popped in my head and I thought, you know what, this kind of sounds like a, uh, a good, good headline, good handle to use for personal branding. Yeah, definitely. I I think a lot of, uh, you mentioned you've done a lot of SDR type work, top of the funnel. I think a lot of folks in your position should work on their personal brand. What made you decide to want to actually, you know, work on your personal branding? What would, you know, specifically on LinkedIn, I feel like that's an opportunity for a lot of sales reps and SDRs to be able to really showcase themselves. What, what made you decide to really focus on your personal brand specifically on LinkedIn? I've been using LinkedIn for, I think since 2012, maybe 2011 in a previous role as a uh, sales development rep for a managed IT service provider. And it was kind of back then before it was just, you know, I kind of thought LinkedIn as more of a, well, I think what a lot of people thought of it as just like a resume, resume site type platform, connect with whoever, whatever. And just after a little bit of time and using it more and more and more and connecting with some, uh, not necessarily influencers, but people that seem to kind of how to figure it out and just reading, listening to different practices that they were talking about seemed like LinkedIn was transitioning to more of uh, what is today, right? Like first build a personal brand, kind of a a micro website of yourself. And uh, from there, I just, I just really started to dive right in and and listen to podcasts, listen to YouTube, read up on different connections, what they're doing. And from there, I just really started to, use it more and more and, and figure out what works well, what doesn't work well. And then last year when I was working at the sales developers, uh, it, was, it became more of a, an outreach tool, <clears throat> excuse me, that I was using for prospecting. And it, it really became one of my main channels for engaging with my uh, ideal customer uh, prof- profile and, and personas. And from there, I just, I just started to, one day I wrote some content and it just really evolved from there. And what made you decide to start wanting to, to, to write some content you mentioned there, you know, kind of you 
a sales guy becoming the outbound sales guy doing a little bit of inbound, if you will, writing some of your own content. You know, why'd you decide to start doing that? And how did you know what to write about? I had no idea what to write about. (laughs) It it was, uh, it really just started as more of a question that I had for fellow sales development reps, fellow sales leaders, um, marketing leaders. And from there, it it just, it it was a really vulnerable post about, you've probably noticed that I'm not the fastest speaker there is. And I was speaking to a prospect in the Northeast and he's like, you're talking too slow. Hmm. And it was like, what? Like, what do you mean I'm talking too slow? I don't know how to increase my speech, right? Like, I don't know how to talk faster. And I was just like, pose a question, you know, have, has anyone else come across this situation? And I, I referenced why, uh, I'm not able to speak quite as fast as, as other sales reps. And because I, revealed some vulnerability that post just went insane the amount of engagement that it uh, generated Hmm. yeah that's awesome yeah and i think i think that's something you don't we don't talk about a lot I, i think in sales is is being vulnerable at the end of the day I think that, you know, all of us in sales are still, are still people. Uh, the other day I was talking to someone and we were talking about, you know, B2B versus B2C sales. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's really H to H and that it's human to human and, and that we're all human. So, you know, I, I like that. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I like that a lot too. They, they don't, especially in, in the B2B space, right? Like world, they don't stop and think that really at the end of the day is still, a one-to-one, even if you're doing like large enterprise ABM type stuff, it's still one-to-one human to human personal engagement. And, you know, if you can demonstrate some vulnerability, some raw emotion, authenticity, uh, unfortunately those are, seems to be coming more buzzwords anymore than, anything but if you can really harness those and and make your the person that you're talking to believe that then that's that's going to be what really differentiates you more so than any sexy product service solution that you can offer any marketing messaging like anything like that is going to be you at the end of the day that wants the business Mm -hmm. awesome yeah and you and if you were trying to give, you know, someone advice, if they were trying to, you know, maybe build this personal brand online and they're, they're trying to find ways to be more, be more human, be more, be more vulnerable in, in, in kind of a profession that it's sometimes tough to do. Uh, what would be, you know, maybe a piece of advice you give someone as they're thinking about maybe starting some of these things and becoming more vulnerable online in, in a professional setting? Uh, what would be a piece of advice you give them, Martin? piece of advice that uh, I would offer is don't be afraid to jump into some conversations and just engage. Like if you come across a post that one of your connection has and you have something to contribute, whether it's uh, a personal situation, whether it's a business situation, just jump into the conversation and engage. That's really where I started to um, notice a lot of traction and notice a lot of 
increase in my activity and engagement on LinkedIn was just uh, identifying who to connect with. First off, don't just randomly connect with everyone, although there's different opinions on that. <laughs> and then just dive into some conversations, but, but don't just comment for the sake of getting into an argument or a debate. If you have something of value to contribute, whether it's personal, again, personal or business related, just share that. And you'll start to get a dialogue going in, in the comments. And then also from there, like uh, some of my posts, they're sparked from a, another person, like something within what another person has posted or a comment that is in that thread. So it's something that, Oh, okay. Well this, this word. So like the other day I came across a post that was talking somewhat about transparency. So that just all of a sudden sparked something in my head about, you know, how you should be more transparent in all of your outreach. Right. So it's not, you're not copying that person's content, but you're using, you know, a, a piece of their content to help you create your content. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it's funny. And, and then also, sorry, and then also just don't be afraid to post. Just post, put it out there. And if if you're sincere, sincere and you, again, you have that, you know, if you have that real authenticity about you, mm. people are going to engage with that, whether it's something that's happening in your personal life or, or something that happens with you on a call or with a, a coworker. Right. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned the comments. I think that's where I actually, I got to know you a little bit on LinkedIn is, is in the comments, you know, following just folks and, and seeing you comment and add, add some value to some conversations that are already happening. I think that's a great point because I think some people on LinkedIn are scared to maybe go out and, and post something, you know, a post that, you know, require them to come up with that post and, and put that out into the world. It's a little bit of a, you know, scary thing. Whereas you can just jump into existing conversations that are already happening in the comments section. And I think that to me is where a lot of the meaty things are happening on, on LinkedIn is, is actually in the comments. And I think it's an opportunity for anyone in, in sales or marketing or leadership to go in and, and start to add value to any topic. Would you agree or? I absolutely agree that when you, when you come across a post, you know, the, the actual post might be, not be something that you're really into, but if you look at the comments, uh, what people are contributing to the conversation, that's absolutely where you should be focusing a lot of your time because, um, within that, within that thread, like there could be someone that's commenting mm -hmm. and, you know, their profile, whether it's their headline or it's their comment, whatever the case might be, might be what grabs your attention. And then now you're entering into a dialogue with that person. Right. Um, so it's, it's really a great way to, to grow your, your network, but also to become recognized more, uh, like you said, as kind of like that person that's adding value and not, you know, you're not pitching. Don't, <laughs> don't be trying to um, include your your offering because that's just going to turn people off. But if you can add some sort of value and then connect and, and drive kind of that conversation to an, 
offline medium, then that kind of segues into possibly a, uh, a uh, discovery, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. I like the, I like the idea of adding value first. Uh, I believe that, uh, that Josh Braun online calls that making deposits. And I think that's a a great way to put it is you are actually making deposits, um, into folks and you're, you're, you're truly trying to help them and, and leading with that versus leading with a pitch. We all get LinkedIn requests or emails or phone calls where someone is immediately diving into a pitch before you even, before you even know what's happening. So, so, and I think that, you know, because so many folks are doing that kind of cold outreach, we're all just, you know, we just don't even hear that anymore. It's like a commercial on TV. We just mute it or we turn it off. Yeah. We tune it out because we're not interested in someone who is immediately trying to sell us something before getting a chance to make a deposit with us or get to know us, get to know our situation and add value on the front end versus try to pitch or sell right from the get go. So and two, two, the two other phones like popped in my head while we're talking about uh, LinkedIn and, and trying to develop a personal brand. One thing, it's not going to happen overnight. So it is something that you need to commit to and be consistent with. You can't just post today and then leave it for three, four, five weeks or two months, something like that, right? Like it's something that you need to be consistent with so people start to to get to know who you are and then the other thing is if you come across somebody that that you find is interesting you're kind of in a you know maybe you've replied to a comment that they've left and you go to their profile and their profile looks interesting to you i'd recommend that you do two things click their follow button because this way you're now getting out, you're going to receive all their content in your uh, newsfeed. And then secondly, send them a personalized invite. Don't send them an in-mail because I found what happens if you try and send a, just an in-mail, sits there idly and people don't respond to it right forever because mm-hmm. it's, it's turning into more like people's inbox. But if you send a personalized invite, not just a, you know, I want to add you to my network, but if it's something that's personalized to that, that person, then there, the chances of them connecting with you are greater, but if they don't connect with you for a bit, at least by clicking that follow, you're still able to get their um, content and be able to engage and communicate with them. Yep. That's a great point. Yeah. I love the, uh, follow piece. Uh, that's something I, I haven't really been doing, but now definitely going to take your advice there, Martin, and click that follow button so that then their content will start showing up in your feed. You can start interacting with it, start develop some of that engagement that we're talking about kind of to switch gears a little bit here, Martin. So the sales lift is a sales enablement podcast. We talked a little bit about kind of what sales enablement is prior to the show, you know, kind of what are your thoughts on sales enablement? Kind of what is that what does that mean to you? And what, what thoughts do you have around sales enablement? No, it's, it's a great question. I think in order for sales enablement to, the, the way I look at sales enablement is really, <clears throat> um, 
arming your your reps, your sales professionals, whether it's a sales development rep, a uh, business development rep, account executive, you know, even a senior salesperson, equipping them with all the tools necessary for them to be successful within their role. I, I forget the, what the number is, but like year the last I think it's three years reps have missed have been it's been well documented that reps misquote it year after year right mm-hmm. and the, I think the the reason for that there's uh, I think a number of reasons for that but I think reps aren't being equipped well enough right from the get go to be positioned well enough in order to be successful and attain whatever the quote it is that they're, they've been given. So whether that's, you know, they're, they're not receiving enough training or marketing collateral from the marketing team, uh, maybe not receiving data that, that's perfectly curated and it's been validated, verified, or, you know, maybe they don't have the proper tools in, in order to really be successful, you know, like maybe, mm you know, that they're using a, 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 an engagement platform that just isn't working well for them or, you know, the, the CRM, they're, they're struggling with the CRM. So I think you really need to focus on, on what the that specific individual needs in order to really attain and, and succeed in the role and then go to work on providing them with all those tools. Yep. That's great. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I think, you know, you talk about missing quota and the stats. Yeah. I don't, I don't know the specific stats either, but I do know that it seems like more reps than not uh, are missing quota. That's kind of one of our tagline is, you know, because when your sales reps miss quota, everyone loses. It doesn't just impact that sales rep. It impacts everyone around them in the organization, you know, people. Yeah, that are, everyone right, right on up to the, the executive, right? Like whether that's, whether they're rolling up to marketing or, you know, VP of marketing, CMO or VP of sales, CRO, whoever it is, right. Mm -hmm. It affects all the way up the chain. Yep. Exactly. So, so it's an important thing and it's, it's something that companies have to invest in. The, the solution isn't always just hiring more sales reps and, and having them churn. I mean, you've got to think about, you know, who you're hiring, why are you hiring them and how are you going to equip them to your point? How can you equip them to succeed? Uh, because they need to be hitting quota to, you know, obviously to keep them around uh, to, so they can make the commission that they're, uh, that they deserve in, in that specific situation, but also to help every every other person in the organization because nothing really happens until a sale is made. So I think it's a a great point that you made, you know, there about equipping the individual uh, regardless of their role. Right, Martin? Yep, Exactly. And then, then also what, what's onboarding look like for them? Mm. How long are they, they being ramp or, or, you know, how, how long is it taking them to ramp up? And then also what kind of coaching, what kind of training are they receiving throughout that process? Is that, you know, I I strongly believe that everyone has a different learning style and, and, you know, it takes different periods for each person to to grasp and learn. Right. So, maybe it takes me 12 months to get fully ramped in, in onboard, right? Whereas it might take another rep four and a half months, mm-hmm. you know, 
that that's it's not apples to apples, right? So um, I, I think again, the leadership needs to recognize that and require a little bit more patience instead of, okay, we're going to give you all these tools. We're going to give you the playbook. We're going to give you the messaging. Here's the product training. Okay. It's three months. Now go sell. Mm -hmm. Right. No, yeah, I definitely agree. I think another thing that I've seen too, Martin is the ability to provide coaching then after that initial onboarding or ramping period, obviously during that period, you're kind of you might have a decreased quota. You're getting your, your hands held a little bit more during that period, but you know, just because ramp or onboarding is over and you get pushed into the deep end doesn't mean that the training stops. It doesn't mean exactly. that the coaching stops. And I think that we see too many organizations, it's the sink or swim mentality right after onboarding, where I don't think that's very fair to that individual because coaching should be ongoing. It's not just a part of onboarding. It's not just right after onboarding. It's an everyday, every week uh, kind of motion that these companies need to develop that I feel like sometimes is missing. A where sales, sales leaders are not coaching enough and leaving their reps kind of out to dry, if you will. Absolutely. One, 1,000%. 1, yep. yep. The coaching and training is an ongoing process. And, you know, so many managers and, and executives, you know, the leadership team, I think they, they just, okay, we, we train them. They're ready to go now we can get back to our internal meetings and, you know, navigating the, the dashboards and the reports and everything else. But you still need to dedicate an amount of training, coaching and training to the, your entire team. Mm -hmm. And they, to your point, it just, it gets set and forget, right? Like, okay, well, we, we got them wrapped and they're ready to go now. Go, go sell. We don't need to worry about them. We'll just monitor them from our, you know, from the dashboards and activities and so forth. Mm -hmm. Right. What have you seen? I know you've been in a variety of different SDR, BDR type roles, uh, working the top of the funnel, doing some qualification. What have you, what would you say is a good example of coaching that you've seen where coaching has really added a lot of value? You've gotten a lot of out of, gotten a lot out of it. Give me an example of a sales leader in a time where you felt like you were coached really well and, and there was a successful outcome. Two times I've, I've been coached very well. Um, most recently at sales developers, mm -hmm. there was a lot of emphasis placed on coaching. And part of that was because they invested in a um, call recording tool mm. platform, which I think all sales teams, if you have reps on the phones, you should be investing in, no mm -hmm. doubt about it. Because mm -hmm. you're, especially as, as teams become more and more remote, it allows the uh, management team to be able to jump into a call, listen, right? Provide that, that feedback that they can go to a certain point, talk track and listen in understand, okay, this is what we need to adjust, mm -hmm. send that feedback to the rep. And then, you know, they can incorporate that into the, the messaging and move on. So I think having that, that ability at the sales developers really helped because mm -hmm. I was able to, during my onboarding period, 
be able to listen to a variety of calls and get a feel for, because I'm an audio learner, I was able to get a feel for the style of the colleagues, uh, style of my colleagues, how they were positioning things. And then also gave me a great way to get really in depth with the offerings that, uh, that the sales developers provided. Mm-hmm. Before that, when I was at a, uh, a previous company in the managed IT space, there was more emphasis placed on product training because it was such a technical environment mm-hmm. and the offerings uh, that were positioned were speaking to CIOs and chief security officers, VP of technologies, chief technical officers. So if you weren't really knowledgeable on what you're talking about, you know, th- these individuals that they're very intelligent, they can sniff that out within seconds. And then now your, your call is done and over with. So there had to be more emphasis placed on more of the product side of it instead of the tactical side of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. It does depend on kind of what industry you're in as to what level of technical expertise you might need right off the bat, or they might sniff that out. I also think uh, you made a great point there, Martin. I think that you with call recording technology, which there's uh, more and more of those types of tools available today than, than ever. I think going back and looking at the game tape, that's something I was doing earlier, listening to one of my sales calls and I was umming and umming and umming. I, I guess I wasn't that confident that day and uh, just, yeah, I, I heard it and, and I only heard it because I was went back and I looked at the game tape and I don't think that we are creating that kind of a culture enough in, in a lot of sales organizations of actually building that kind of a muscle where you're going back, you're reviewing the tape, you're listening to others to learn what they do and best practices from top performers, as well as listening to yourself. Uh, and I know we all hate the sound of our own voice. Uh, <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> I know I do. I'm sure you do. Mark. I think my, my dad asked me the other day, he's like, he, he was listening to a previous podcast I was on. He's like, do you ever go back and listen to yourself? I said, hell no, I don't want to listen to myself. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone hates the sound of their own voice. But at the end of the day, you can learn a lot about how you're coming across. So uh, whether that's exactly. listening to yourself on a, on a call or on a podcast, I know it might be painful, um, but I think you can learn a lot when you listen to the tape. And I think that's something that sales organizations really need to start thinking about not just investing in that kind of technology, but also making that a common practice because we only get better in in a lot of other professions. There's lots of practice that happens in reps. And if you're not getting those reps or listening to looking at the the game tape, then you're not knowing, well, where can I improve? Where did I fall short there? How can I get better? Uh, I think that all salespeople as individuals, as well as sales leaders need to start building that into their coaching and, and just a part of their sales organization and how they, how they get better. So. Uh, absolutely. There, there's a lot of correlation between sports and sales, right? Mm-hmm. And you look at the best athletes in the world, the best teams in the world, and what's the thing that they all do every week? They look at the, they go over game film, mm-hmm. right? Whether it's Tiger Woods looking at his swing, mm-hmm. or if it's you know. Most recently, right, like the the Super Bowl champs, Kansas City Chiefs, mm-hmm. they'll be looking over the that game tape for next year. Okay, even though we won the Super Bowl, there's probably areas where they could have improved. Yep. 
and they'll they'll review all that game footage. And to your point, reps need to be doing the same thing, and management needs to be doing the same thing because. I know on some calls I'll be stammering and, and I'll use a lot of filler words and it take I find it takes a third party to help point that out to you mm-hmm. opposed to you, you know, even though you might go back and, and listen to the call yourself or listen to the podcast, whatever the case might be, there might be something that you don't, you're not picking up on just because it's you. You're not, you're, you're not able to listen completely to that that recording where as a third party come in and be like okay yeah this is where you're going wrong you need to fix this this point and it's so obvious to that person right well and a sales leader should have more experience they've they've been around they've been around a little bit longer they've been on more calls they've got more reps themselves that should be a huge opportunity for them to come in and identify what's the low-hanging fruit of how we can really help here so absolutely yeah i think it's a a Obviously, great conversation so far. I want to take us to the lightning round, Martin, uh, where I've got a few questions uh, to ask here. So I'm going to kick it off uh, with the first question. What book would you recommend to our audience and why? There's two books that I would highly recommend um, that focus on top of funnel and outbound sales. And that's because that's that's where I'm always that's, that's the arena that I'm always in. So the first one is fanatical prospecting by Jeb Blunt. Mm-hmm. Whether you're just starting out in sales development, outbound sales, or you're a seasoned veteran, highly recommend picking this book up. It, it is a great book with a lot of value packed into it. And secondly, outbound sales, no fluff by uh, Ryan Reiser and Rex Beberson over at the sales developers that book has it's a short read but it's great for anyone that is looking to create any kind of framework around sales development great yeah and i'll link to both of those books in the show notes in case anyone wants to pick those up uh second question what's your favorite home-cooked meal made by you or someone in your family my favorite home cooked meal would be my sister's lasagna. Mm. It's something that I love. And she, I have a, I always joke with my mom because my mom is an awesome cook, but my sister's lasagna is just spectacular. So nice. it's something that I love. Awesome. That sounds good. What software tool or app could you not live without? There's two. First one is my screen reader mm-hmm. called VoiceOver, which is built into the Apple operating uh, system ecosystem. And the other one is LinkedIn. Hmm. Well, we've had a lot of discussion about LinkedIn. I think we both know why. <laughs> so uh, yep. yeah, that's awesome. If you could go back in time 10 years and give yourself one piece of advice, what would it be, Martin? It would be to stay patient hmm. be be patient with with the entire process uh, don't don't rush through things just take it all in and slow down a little bit mm-hmm. awesome that's great and if the listeners want to uh, find you online how can they find you martin what's the best way to to reach you online Best way is LinkedIn search. You can search my name, Martin MacArthur or the outbound sales guy. Okay, perfect. Is that, and, uh, uh, people can follow the hashtag the outbound sales guy. 
hashtag the outbound sales guy. Awesome. And we'll link to your LinkedIn profile and the, and the outbound sales guy as well in the show notes. So if anybody wants to uh, find Martin online and connect with him, great guy, great conversation. I've really enjoyed our time here together today and we'll have to have you back on at some point. Really appreciate you joining the sales of podcast today, Martin. I really enjoyed it, Tyler, and appreciate having me on and I really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. You can find all the links discussed and the show notes at thesaleslift.com. That's the, T-H-E, sales, S-A-L-E-S, lift, L-I-F-T, dot com. Have questions for me? Email me at tyler at thesaleslift.com. We look forward to seeing you back here next week. And we hope today's show brings you the sales lift your business needs. Remember, ideas plus action equals results. You've got new ideas. Now it's time to take action and the results will follow. See you next time.